listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo and sean ty bo and i are together this week if you're watching on youtube decided to link up finally it's been a little bit and i think we did like the first couple of shows when i first started with me coming over here and yes yeah the first couple of shows like, were gas sucks so. <laughs> finally it's gone back down I didn't think I was going to see gas under $3, dude. It's, it's taken a while. Well, it's starting to go back up. It's gone up like 20 cents in the last week. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Kansas City, folks. Well, week 17 is come and gone, or has it? We don't really know. We're kind of stuck in limbo. A uh, little bit more on that. But the Chiefs did walk away. The Chiefs finished week 17 with a win over the Broncos for the 15th time in a row. 27 to 24, big, big win. Uh, there are some playoff implications, things that everybody knows about. We'll we'll cover that here in just a little bit, only a tad bit, uh, but we will be covering most of it in the NFL show. So make sure you go over there to listen as well. Um, but to kind of get us ramped up here, Tybo walked in with Powerade. And I, I don't know where this top five came from, with a power raid in his hand, but let, let's just kick it over. Tybo, what is your new top five for this week? Listen, Powerade only has a couple of good flavors, okay? It's very mid as a as a brand. Uh, but Gatorade, the uh, consensus best sports drink out there, uh, you can... There's small camps of people that talk about this new Prime shit. Uh... Maybe, Prime is maybe fire. that maybe that body armor. Prime uh, is fire, stuff, but Gatorade is tried and true. Uh, the old, the old Florida Gators commercial about naturally we called our stuff Gatorade. Uh, anyways, uh, after wrestling practice uh, in youth wrestling, there was a Gatorade vending machine that I would make my dad take me to. Um, two bucks a pop. Um, Limited number of flavors on there, but I, I had I grew an addiction to Gatorade from that point in my life. Um, and I have a bunch to say about Gatorade flavors because I have always been an avid Gatorade drinker. Um, the honorably bad list we have first off, all of the G2 flavors. I think whoever helped create G2 was had some sort of affiliation with lacrosse or something like that it was like let's make gatorade and then you know all of the flavors are 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 in a uh, a room across the warehouse so that they can like barely waft these flavors into the drink that they're making because the g2 flavors were absolute ass pack disgusting you weren't drinking regular gatorade at that point and also hard disagreement between me and Ty Bob. The lime cucumber Gatorade. Absolutely god awful. I will usually try stuff one time, saw the flavor in in like in the store and was like, 
you know what? I'll try it. Sound interesting. Didn't even touch my lips by the, I just like, hell no. Threw it in the trash. It was absolutely, it, it made me cringe. It made shivers go down my spine. Lime cucumber is disgusting. And if, while I was, you know, trying to find, you know, unlock some of those childhood memories and think about all the Gatorade flavors I've tried in my life. There's a bunch of lists out there that put lime cucumber as number one. And you guys are. Yes. Messed up in the head. Disgusting. You, you, oh, it's it's you. so good. You get it nice and cold. <laughs> um, but to uh, to bring things back around here, uh, my honorably my honorable mentions, you know, just outside of my top 10 or top five. Sorry. I got strawberry watermelon and strawberry lemonade. Both good. Now, both of them could be much better. The potential for a strawberry watermelon and a strawberry lemonade flavor is through the roof. Like those could have been number one and two. I don't think Gatorade executed very well, but they're good. I will drink them. Honorable mentions. Number five. Tell me if you guys remember this flavor. Rain lime. I remember the rains. I didn't I like remember. They had a they had a rain berry and they had a rain lime. The rain lime was my favorite by far. Rainberry was good too. Um, not good enough to make honorable mention, but rain lime is number five. Delicious. It I don't know what it is about a translucent beverage. Um if I can <laughs> see through it, I'm probably chugging it. Number four. Classic. Maybe the OG flavor for most of most of youth sports participants around the world or in the country. Glacier Freeze. Way better than Cool Blue. The classic Gatorade flavor. Nine times out of ten, that was the flavor of Gatorade powder that was in our Gatorade jugs on the sideline for Friday nights. Uh, I mean, it's classic. It's comfortable. You know it. You love it. Glacier Freeze, baby. Number three. Now, I came in drinking a Powerade melon flavor, um, which is green for Powerade. Uh, green? Yeah, it's green. It's green liquid. Melon is uh, green. For Gatorade, for Powerade, I came in drinking a Powerade melon, which was green. Gatorade's melon flavor is like pinkish orange, like a salmon color. Yeah. Uh, delicious. I mean, Rivals, how, like Powerade Melon is one of my favorite sports drinks ever, but Rivals the, the melon flavor for Powerade for sure. Um, we'll take that over everything else but my top two here. Number two. Blew my freaking mind when I had it for the first time. I thought I was drinking a regular fruit punch. Gatorade fruit punch plus berry. Ooh, Seen those around. I've dude. never had it. I was like, there's no way this is a regular fruit punch. I, it took me a while to actually look at the label. I was just going off the color. I was like, there's no way this is a regular fruit punch. I look at it. I'm like, oh, my God. They knocked it out of the park with that combination. And who knows if it's actually I mean, it's an artificially flavored sugary crap, but it's delicious. Um, 
slightly like a like a darker red color than the the regular fruit punches but it absolutely blew my socks off the first time i had one definitely number two and number one this was the flavor i would force my dad to get me out of the gatorade vending machine after wrestling practices riptide rush oh my goodness i'm a big i'm a big grape flavor guy a riptide rush is I mean, the flavor to me is very similar to the Fierce Grape, but it's just something different about it. And it's just like the the Glacier Freeze. Like, it's a, it's a classic flavor. It's been around for a very long time. It's what I grew to love and become addicted to. Um, taking Riptide Rush over ev- anything uh, every time. That's every the top time. five. Every single it's time. It's a solid. Every time. Okay. And, like... It's the it's becoming more scarce now. Like I don't see Riptide Rush at like all the gas stations out there. And oh, all the I haven't seen it in a long grocery time. stores. Like it's 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 hard to find. So when I do see it, I'm taking it. Honorable mention: lime cucumber. Honorably bad. Yeah. Honorably great. It's even when cold. It's much like terrible. the it's much like the lemon lime. You can only have it when it's like ice cold. It's it's bad enough to mention on my list. Yeah. <laughs> no, Gatorade Gatorade is near to de- near and dear to almost every American athlete no matter what no matter what sport you always had it even in uh, No matter how good Prime thinks it is, it's not overtaking Gatorade. It never will, but I I do like Prime. It's pretty good. Um body armors I have elected to go with more often than not these days just because it's way less it's a little bit less sugar, way less calories, things like that. It's just more uh, hydrating with the yes. coconut water. Yep. Yeah. That is Tybo's top five. Great addition this week. Um and the Chiefs made a great addition this week. Another win. Another dub. Another win. Like I said, 15 in a row against the Donkeys. We do have one piece of news. Uh, that's worth mentioning coming from Pete Sweeney. Um, he said, we spotted wide receiver McCole Hardman and left guard Joe Tooney warming up at Chiefs uh, media look. Uh, wide receiver Sky Moore was watching, but he was a non-participant and no luxurious Sneed at practice this week through uh, on, on Tuesday through the media uh, outlook. So <clears throat> something to keep an eye on. Um, but McCall Hardman's 21 days is quickly approaching. Uh, I think that's going to be the end of this week. Um, it's possible. I, I don't know the exact dates. It very well could be tomorrow. Um, I'm thinking no later than uh, the end of the week, uh, Thursday, Friday. We'll just have to see how that plays out. What are the details on Skymore's hand injury? What What did he do to it? I know nothing. I know nothing. I haven't seen anything on Twitter, and, and obviously everybody's been scouring the last, um, you know, almost 24 hours. Um, I've been paying attention. I haven't heard anything. I didn't even know he was injured, to be quite honest. I caught, I I didn't catch most of the game. I was up in Chicago for New Year's Eve, um, but streaming Something it on my phone, fan. I did see I did see shots of him on the sideline, like holding his hand and, and getting it checked out, so... Uh, hope it doesn't affect him in the playoffs because that's the that's one of the playmakers that I want going to town for us, you know, in big games. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the few things. We'll get to what went right here here shortly, but he was one of the few things that 
that uh, I, I shouldn't say one of the few things, but is one of the guys that got things right and going. Uh, it was very interesting to see. But uh, first, let's start off. Obviously, another win, 27-24. Um, it was much closer than it should have been. I think we've allowed now 51 points to the Broncos through two games, 52 points to the Chargers through two games. Um, the Raiders this week will need 24 points um, to outdo both the Raiders or excuse me, the Chargers and the Broncos in uh, total points scored against the Chiefs this year. Um, what were some of the things that you guys noticed that went wrong this week uh, uh, against the Broncos? I mean, like I said, didn't catch the whole game, um, but Pat. That first I, half was rough. I, I think I'm not going to say the offensive line took a step back because Pat does move around quite a bit every game. But I mean, there were moments he just felt tense with him back there. He was in trouble a lot. So, I mean, it wasn't the best game by the offensive line by any means. I will say Pat did look a little reminiscent of the second half against the Bengals at a few points in this game. It looked just that bad. Uh, the Bengals game last year in the playoffs, that is. I would say for me, um, the worst thing of all was how how little rushing we did on on the day. It was not pretty. Uh, only 16 total carries between the four ball carriers, Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes, Jared McKinnon, Ronald Jones. Um 16 carries, 46 yards. Isaiah Pacheco did his thing with, you know, 3.4 yards a carry, but um, that led to a lot of the three and outs that we had. I believe there were four in a row at one point. Um, Tommy Townsend did have five punts, and I think, you know, not rushing the ball, period, is one of the few things that definitely led to um, the poor performance through, you know, the first half and uh, part, parts of the second. I think that was one of the things I said to expect last week was like, don't expect us to abandon the run. Like if we hear all the hubbub from, you know, people outside the team, media, whatever, um, there were some very specific things that we could point to. Like last week, first drive of the game, three passes, three and out. Second drive of the game, two runs right off the bat, you get a first down. So there were some th like just direct evidence, like tangible evidence you could point to that you guys should run the ball. You guys should run the ball more and stick with it. So that was that was mind boggling to me. To, to I mean, you said 16 rush attempts the whole game, the whole game and second half. It was particularly bad. Like there was not a run called the whole third quarter. I think I saw. Yeah, like baffling decisions to me. Um, but what what do I know? You know, I'm I'm really tired of of EB and Patrick Mahomes getting up on the podium every single week after every single game and, and saying we need to we need to be better. We need to be more efficient. We need to, you know, do the things that we know how to do more. It, just the quarterback speak overall. Um, but for them to acknowledge how poorly we've been using the running game to set everything else up, I'm tired of consistently hearing that do something about it you know what i think it could be leading to like best case scenario in my mind we get to the playoffs and it's just like 50 carries 
that might be it. That might maybe maybe it is just Andy and EB going going completely vanilla. One of one of the things that I noticed um, is we we had the the Travis Kelsey quote on his podcast from New Heights um, uh, saying that Andy was a play caller, right. and then you get uh, Patrick Mahomes on the podium saying that EB is the play caller and referencing specific things. Yeah, you don't know what to think. You know, I have flip-flopped back and forth. At, I think it's just fair to assume that the play calling duties are shared at this point. Play calling by committee. Play, it's play by calling by committee. Obviously, Andy Reid is going to have the final say. He's the head coach. All head coaches are going to have the final say, especially if they're the offensive guru. But I think it's fair to say that EB calls the plays. Andy can veto at any time. Probably generally doesn't unless he's seeing something on the field, kind of like Travis was saying on, on New Heights is um, like I'm dialing up something specific for a specific player based upon the matchups that I'm seeing in the game flow. Probably, probably what we should expect. Yeah. Defensively, I thought we played a, a, a pretty good game. Was there anything in particular, Sean, that you noticed went wrong? I wouldn't necessarily. It was something that went wrong, but Patrick is 11-0 against the Broncos in his career now. It's 15 in a row against the Broncos. We play these guys twice a year. We've had Spagnuolo for a little bit now. They have definitely figured his defense out, no matter who you throw out there with them. So, honestly, them scoring this much, not as surprising as it should be, even though it's a new quarterback and everything. But we play these guys twice a year. They want to come beat us. They're, this, this was their Super Bowl. So that's what they treated it as. And we took it as a easy game because it's 14 wins in a row against them. That's what I saw it as. Still a good defense. I disagree. It's just what it is. I can't disagree. I thought this was one of Frank Clark's poor performances. Um, obviously has not been worth the money that we signed him to the hundred and whatever million dollar deal for five years. He clearly hasn't lived up to that, but we know who he is. I thought for who he is and for the assignments that Steve Spagnuolo has given him specifically being mostly contained more than it has been pass rush this year, he's played very well. Five sacks, 13 quarterback uh, rushes, throw in some hits in there. Uh, and contain has been really, really good. We've seen the four games that we missed him that we are getting gashed outside. I thought this game was particularly poor from Frank Clark. Um, and, and it's okay to get it, I guess, get it out of the way against a team like the Broncos. Uh, but we, we saw him prim primarily pass rush this week and the fake spins, full spins. A lot of times he was getting hold held at, at those portions and, and they definitely didn't call him. There were some egregious ones, but I thought um, this week was not his best performance. And I don't think they ran a lot of contain, surprisingly. So I, I'm not going to speak to anything that I personally felt went wrong on the defense, but the weakest point of the defense on Sunday was our rushing defense. Mm -hmm. um, collectively, the Broncos had 24 carries for 117 yards, and that is 4.9 yards per carry, um, two touchdowns to Russell Wilson on the ground. Um, so a little bit of that contain issue, um, but definitely like they, they had between 300 and 350 yards of offense 
Um, that's standard for an NFL team. Like Russell Wilson had 222 yards through the air. You add the rushing stats in there. Like that's a, that's a normal game. That's an average game for an NFL team. So I think the defense played well enough, obviously for us to win, Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't have a dominating day. So like, if we want to say what went wrong on the defense, we didn't dominate every aspect uh, while we were on the field. I mean, we can't expect that uh, game in and game out. Um, we know who this defense is. I thought it was really surprising in, in one another player specifically who has not been playing well the last few weeks in a row. Um, it was a stat that came from How About Those Chiefs. We've talked about him before. Hope to have him on in the offseason. Uh, but he put out some stats for Nick Bolton. Um, and we know that this is probably the weakest, easily the weakest part of his game. But in the game versus the Broncos, he was targeted six times. He allowed six receptions for 77 yards. Uh, that's 12.8 yards per reception on average. He gave up the most yards by far of any player who is in pass defense. Uh, the second being Jalen Watson, who gave up five receptions on five targets for 37 yards. Yeah, yeah. I did catch some of the, the defensive reps in the second half where Willie Gay was coming off the field on third down. Um, maybe scheme wise, we switch that. Like maybe Nick Bolton comes off the field on third and longer situations to let Willie Gay be in some of those like coverage roles. Do we go to nickel but, and play Brian Cook at, at a nickel position there? I I think that you know that's those are the conversations that we need to have if he's that bad in pass coverage. Yeah, like yeah, he is just absolutely atrocious in pass coverage. Watching that little flip for Russell Wilson to the running back on, I believe it was third and short or fourth and short. Big pickup. That was very rough to watch. Seeing him try to run over there, get flipped around immediately and have to play catch up. Uh, There were quite a few things that went right. I got a... uh... LeJerry Sneed played fantastic. He has and uh, some stats that came from Jeremy Fowler uh, because this needs to be questioned. Chiefs corner LeJerry Sneed is becoming one of the most versatile defensive uh, seasons in decades. Sneed's the fifth player since 1999 with at least 100 total tackles, three forced fumbles, three interceptions, and three sacks. He joins Logan Ryan, Patrick Willis, Thomas Davis, and Keith Mitchell. Is Legarius Sneed elite? <laughs> With that company, he might be an elite linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, we play, Thomas we Davis play him and in, uh, who's the other linebacker on the Ryan and pa- Thomas Davis and Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis. Logan, Logan Ryan is a defensive yes. back. Yeah. Um, but those two, I, I, I mean, those are almost God tier linebackers out there. Like Thomas Davis was solid for the Panthers. Patrick Willis was like after Ray Lewis captured a whole generation of people that wanted to be linebacker. Yes. Um, And, and he kind of gets played in that position over the last few weeks. uh, Spags has decided and elected to move him on the outside uh, and follow the best wide receiver which is, I think it's played fantastic because that's allowed Trent McDuffie to go into his zone um, and really showcase his abilities, play man on man occasionally. Um, But that also allows 
he's allowed LJ to come inside, play the nickel, sometimes play that inside slot, really come off the edge. Uh, I think that's a, that's a conversation that needs to be had uh, most specifically because he's also coming up on a payday and he deserves to get elite level money. The the thing is, will it be here? Exactly. Will we give it to him or will somebody else give it to him? If we make the moves that we're supposed to make, if we have the, $128 $128 million of cap space that all the, all the gurus on Twitter are talking about. I think, I think that's a possibility to bring him in or keep him on big money. I wouldn't expect a five-year deal, but maybe we talk three years, 60, three years, 60, that. you know, somewhere in there. I wouldn't be mad about it. No, anyway. I think that would, you know, 20 takes away that still leaves us if if the cap gurus are right that still leaves us with 108 to bring in players across the board that we need to bring in yeah so uh the other name you mentioned real quick we were talking about sneed um the guy who his play has definitely helped this rookie trent mcduffie um part of what went right on the defense was the pressure and trent mcduffie got a sack uh yeah sunday uh, we did we did get the four sack mark um, that I was hoping for. Um, we did have decent pressure on Russell Wilson throughout the game. So getting to the quarterback, getting pressure on Russell Wilson. Um, we did did uh, Chris Jones's little whirly durly sack that everybody was freaking out about on Twitter. Did that get counted as a sack or was that an incomplete pass? No, it did. It did go down as a sack. They finally okay. did call him down. Um, let's talk about that for a minute, Sean, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Cause obviously if it happened, it should have been a flag if they're going to call it, but at the same time, they need to blow that whistle way early. If yeah. they're going to be enacting these, like what happened there? I think that's the reason why they didn't throw a flag. Honestly, is because they let it go on for a little too long. And the big thing was Chris Jones has been really trying not to land on his opponents. So he's been kind of throwing them. All uh, the Derek Carr incident where he fumbled the ball and landed right on him. So that's, I feel like that's what Chris Jones is doing. And the refs just decided, oh, wait, that should have been down right now. But uh, we've also look- seen Pat Mahomes get flung like very similarly and not, and a flag was not thrown. So uh, it, I, I, we, it is a difficult job to be a ref, but it, I mean, all we want is a little bit of consistency and that's it's it. not there. It's it's just all over the place. They need to get it figured out. Um, and that's what I was going to reference the the sack against Patrick on Patrick Mahomes in the in the Texans game flinging them. I, I think they're starting to become more lenient on flinging them. You really can't injure somebody by flinging them unless you're throwing them into somebody's feet or a stampede. Well, if they land on their head. Yeah, that's true. Um, but if you are not falling with them. Yeah, it it's the impact is a little less. There's, there's less room for injury in that case. Again, as long as you're not flinging them into somebody, Chris Jones was, I will agree more egregious. It wasn't really a fling. It was more of a WWE <laughs> suplex. Um, but again, Sean is right. The, the, the refs at that point cannot call a penalty because he spent four or five seconds trying to keep him on his feet. I don't know exactly what they were looking at. Maybe they thought Russell was under his own control. Um, None of that was the case. He was clearly forward progress was stopped. There was no ability for him to escape from the situation. Refs going into the playoffs really need to clean up their act. And they usually do. 
the playoffs usually outside of, of well, maybe not even cleaning baseball. up their acts. They just let more stuff go in the playoffs. They you let remember it get the a big no call uh, in the Saints game. That's what I was like, just getting ready. They to just talk. like uh, maybe clean up their act, but they just they let a lot more go in the playoffs. They let the the players decide the games instead of the flags. And you should. I and think there are things they just get pulled that a bunch by the NFL, right? Like going into the playoffs. But... Let's let some things fly. Let's cross our fingers because <laughs> <laughs> these NFL refs, man, they're about to about to start like a civil war yeah the offensive side things that go right two things number one jerick mckinnon always right Tuddy, always right i that he has had in the second half of this season more touchdowns than he had in his career with the san francisco 49ers I, and ridiculous he's got more touchdowns than tyreek hill right now yes he does <laughs> how about that for an accurate quarterback Hey. <laughs> uh, the other thing uh, I was going to say outside of Jared McKinnon, Patrick Mahomes in the second half. You can always, always, always put your money on Patrick Mahomes having an enormous half. First half, second half. Doesn't matter. One of the two. You pick one. Yeah. It's not going to be both because the play calling doesn't favor both unless it's a big time game. Other than that, bet on Patrick Mahomes to have a good half. First, second, doesn't matter. But he came through big when it when it mattered most. That's just what he does, man. That's just what he does. <laughs> the big surprising fact on the day, though, for me at least, was Kadarius Tony was our lead receiver with 71 yards on four catches. That's ridiculous. Not what I was expecting. Hey, in the playoffs, if he's the guy that's leading us in receiving, I, don't I, like, like, I think it's going to turn out well for us. I like, it. If he can stay healthy. That's the big key. Another player that needs to be highlighted, Sky Moore. We talked about him with with the hand injury, but he went three for four for 33 yards, ran off, ran. His first reception that came in the first quarter on the outside, broke three tackles, took another guy right to the chest, drug him three more yards. He was very strong throughout the game. His route running was impeccable. Um, just didn't have the ability to get him the ball through through a lot of the issues that we're having, not creating space with a run game. And I mean, that's that's the whole narrative behind this guy, right? Like Pat Mahomes said it way earlier on, and probably even in the offseason, like you you see him put in the work on the field. You see him be in the right places at the right times. And maybe I'm making the decision to go somewhere else. But I know that in this in this scheme, in this play, in this whatever design, I can go to him because he is doing his job. He is showing the hunger on this team that we want to see in the playoffs. And I, you know, we're at, we're out here, like get healthy. We need you for the playoffs. Please, please, please get him more involved in this offense when he's ready to go. And he's ready to take that Tyreek role or excuse me, not the Tyreek role, the, the McCall Hardman role as we get into the red zone. I think he, he's going to be available in, I, th- I think that maybe just what they've been they've been working on practice time to get him ready to evolve into that, given the clear issues that we're seeing with with McColl right now. Yeah. Um, I did I did miss one thing in the uh, offensive. What went wrong? Uh, and I hope everybody gets on this train with me. Who is not there? I know where he's going with this. Oh God. 
I know Do you? What, where am I going? Where are my three letters? Yes. Two, four, seven. 12% drop rate that we talked about in the last show. He cannot, and, and Patrick Mahomes is unable to get on the same page with this guy. We know that Patrick Mahomes can get on the same page with damn near anyone. Doesn't matter who. We saw him do it with Byron Pringle and uh, Demarcus Robinson. Albert there Wilson. is something, Albert Wilson, there is something wrong with Marquez Valdez Scantling. And we, I told you guys, and I told everyone else, back in Green Bay, there are red flags left and right coming from this guy. There's a reason why he couldn't be the number two to, to Alan Lazard. Well, wasn't it more so like his the notes on him coming out of the draft. Like he did have some solid hands in green Bay. He he like the year before he came to us, he didn't have any drops. I don't know by what they use drops for. Again, there was also that, that year was two years ago. Coming out of the that, draft. Yes. By whoever came up with that, that was his mark coming out of the draft. Um, Cause that same person that also said that, that uh, um, Alan Robinson, the second, two years prior when he was in Chicago uh, also had no drops. And you go back and you look at one game film and he has four drop passes. I don't know where that comes from. It's possible. I, I went back and watched the film and I saw MVS drop three passes in, in green Bay when they said that. So I don't, I don't know what metrics or by what standards it's a pass defended, but something is clearly off. There is a buyout for a reason. He is getting paid $10 million per year on average. Now, how it works out is this year is like a million and, and change or whatever. Um, but on average, he's making $10 million a year. He is. If we get out of this contract with only having to pay him this, yeah. this year, salary, plus like, a little bit of dead cap, like, I, like if we can get out of it paying $4 million total, I'm happy with it because he's getting out snapped by. Justin Watson, who was basically set up to be a practice squad player and was begged for by Patrick Mahomes to come in. He's getting out snapped. He's getting out targeted. And the guy is make he's he's doing it for nine million dollars less, Justin Watson. I wouldn't say he's getting out targeted <clears throat> at all. He had the second most targets on the team this week. Brian Travis. This only, week, but I'm saying I'm saying overall. Yeah, he's he did, and he was targeted seven times. But J Justin Watson has been targeted more overall throughout the the season. Uh, there are not many times where MVS is targeted seven times. When he is, he's going to catch it for you two times for twenty eight yards. I mean, you know what you're getting with him now. Yeah, put him on the bench. I, you know, with with the assumption that the Chiefs are going to like switch it up or open it up in the playoffs. Um, if we do think Sky can and will take over the red zone role that McCool um, has been facilitating um, before going on IR, um, I would like to see McCole Hardman be the guy that takes the top off the defense instead of trying to force it deep to MBS. Uh, McCole is faster. He's not as tall. I understand it. Uh, but if he can, if we can scheme him to where he's getting to blow by a couple of guys, I think McColl is going to be a more reliable deep threat than MBS ever was or will be. Um, I do think there is room and a necessity on this team for someone who is 6'4", other than Travis Kelsey catching a football. So if and when we do come off of MBS, I would like to draft 
a younger guy who's tall, who's tall, a big body guy, big body at the receiver positions. All these receivers coming out of college are small right now. And I just give me a, give me a big guy who can run routes and be open. The closest thing we've really had is like Dwayne Bow in recent memory. Jason and Bob. that's not who Vaughn. Jason, what did Jason Avant do with the Chiefs? Not saying he did anything. I'm just <laughs> okay. saying we ha- we had okay. another big body. All right. <laughs> um, guys who went probably unnoticed in this game, but were unsung heroes to the success of winning for the Chiefs. I don't know if I have a good one right now, Sean. Who do you got? Unsung heroes. Yes, sir. I'm gonna have to go with. Leo Chanel. It's surprising here. He had five total tackles, but he had uh, two solo. He's coming along pretty nicely as a rookie. He loves to hit hard. I love seeing that. And what better time whenever it gets cold? I have to go defensively with Colin Saunders. Played great. When he came in, he plugged in, he plugged up the holes. He doesn't have a lot on the stat sheet. He did have a couple breakthroughs. Uh, he had that uh, unmanned sack. Nobody covered him on the blitz. He went right through and got the sack, wrapped him up, got him on the ground quick, didn't play any games, was, was efficient at what run-stopping abilities that we did have. Um, so, yeah, for me, Colin Saunders needs to be talked about a little bit more. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go with my player to watch. Uh, from last episode, Blake Bell. Yeah. I was gonna go Blake Bell. Came yep. in. I didn't want to take him. Did what me. I said he was gonna do. Red zone target. Got a tutty. Uh, I mean, solid player. Blocked that, well. Blocked well. Yeah. Blocked very well. I mean, so he's 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 integral. Um, the backup tight ends are integral in our system, and um, it's almost plug and play with them. You know, some of Blake Bell is obviously a little bit better blocker than the other two, but each of them have those things that they're really good at and that Patrick Mahomes loves to have in his arsenal. So uh, Blake Bell um, proving my prediction, right? Um, Unsung hero. Are there any plays or players uh, from the game or of the game that we missed? I obviously talked about one of my favorite plays in Sky Moore early on in the game, uh, getting that long reception anything that uh, that you guys wanted to talk about um i so this this isn't this is by far not a play of the game but i wanted to point out um as he bounced back from it the, you know Kadarius tony had a fumble mm-hmm. okay yes. on special teams yeah, yeah, yeah. ended up still leading us in receiving yards for the day so he it didn't it didn't he didn't let it bother him um so um for me I, I like for that just specific aspect of, of his game. Um, at, special teams kind of been under a microscope. The kicking game, been good, uh, and the and the return games. You know, the fans have had their eyes on it because there's been problems there. So he has a fumble um, in a moment where everybody's already looking at him, and he still leads the leads the team in receiving yards. So uh, I'll I'll go Katerius Tony. Well, not only that, right after he fumbled the ball. It was the the very next drive that we got the ball back. He had a massive reception on the sideline. Skipped a dude. I thought he threw. I thought his his route was so violent. I thought <laughs> he threw the guy 
five yards and was going to get a pass interference call. No, he just broke the hell out of his ankles, went up for an easy grab, uncontested, came down. It was like 25 yards. It was it was insane. I thought I thought I looked at it. I was like, oh, God, we're getting he's fumbled. Now we're going to get an OPI and, yeah. and it's going to be a three and out punt. Might snowball into something worse. Right. But. And sure, sure enough, they played the replay and he just juked the guy out of his shoes. Gonna see more of that in the playoff, baby. It was beautiful. <laughs> My one big play of the game was the luxurious Sneed interception. Returning that for 25 yards, not wanting to go down. I thought he was gonna return a little bit further than he did, but that was amazing yes. to see. Almost brought it all the way back. Now that is where say, he got is, injured. Yeah, that was yeah. it, it was his point. Of, he, he's got the hip pointer. He wasn't pay, being able to pay attention behind him. Um, just by where he was looking at, guy came up right behind him, flipped him on the hip, and he went straight down. Uh, yeah. Pretty tough, but uh, he, sh- he should be back. Even with this week off, not too worried about it. Well, they were also saying it's kind of a minor one. Like it's not, yes. it's not too serious. Yeah, so. get him some rest. You know, we're just talking about practice. He'll be back. He'll be fine to play, and uh, we'll have the number one seed. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the NFL show coming up next. This upcoming week, the Chiefs have the Saturday game at three thirty p.m. Central Time. You can find it anywhere: ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus. It's going to be a big one for us to finish off the season. Obviously, Derek Carr not in it's jared stidham so we'll have to figure this one out jared stid him jared stid him almost or jared stud him hey he almost stud hammed his way to a fat <laughs> win against the 49ers yeah almost you're gonna start you're gonna put him on the stardom list i hear yeah. start start jared, jared studley studley jared stardom <laughs> we'll make sure to catch us back out on friday and always remember go chiefs Go hey, prayers up to uh, Hamlin. Yes. Yeah.